Microdose, yeah. Microdose, 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 dose, dose. Microdose, microdose, dose, dose. Microdose, microdose, dose, dose. What's good, y'all? Kush Hayes here coming to you with another edition of the Microdose Local by Choice, International by Nature edition. These are some of my favorite episodes. Returning all the way from jolly old England, the United Kingdom, where nobody knows your name, the host, James Marshall. What's good, dude? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. Always glad to be here. Always a lot of fun cheers chat. Dude, we have the best time talking about cheers. It's been since August 20th was the last time you were on this show here. And yeah, you introduced me to one of your new co-hosts. We, we got introduced to Troy. And tonight, you're introducing me to a new friend, Barry Hall. Barry, what's good, dude? How you doing? Hello. Nice to be here. And good to meet you. Good to meet you too, man. It's uh, exciting times, man. I always like meeting James's new hosts. But you're not necessarily new. You've been around for a minute, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been involved. Well, I was involved from the start, really. Oh, fine. Um, in, in terms of helping him out, set up, set up mic, sound, that sort of thing. Okay. And then I became their biggest fan. Uh, I was listening to them every morning, walking my dog. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. It, it's the most relaxing, lovely um, podcast to listen to. I absolutely love it. And, and then you came in and poured sleaze. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm the, the, the sleaze man, apparently. <laughs> oh, how so? How so? Um, I think James has to take some responsibility. We, we lead each other down a sordid path occasionally. We, we, we encourage each other in the worst possible possible <laughs> well, that's what friends are for guys we uh, we just exited season six we met rebecca sam returned from selling the bar needed a new job carla had another baby go figure and norm started painting and decorating doing something outside of his accounting roles we had the first bar wars sam and woody made a bet to kiss rebecca and rebecca lost evan drake forever what are your thoughts on season six as a whole i think it's a good contender for one of my favorite seasons of of the whole show out of all 11 i think they could have struggled in in replacing shelly long as the female lead Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think um after episode six or so they figured out what they were doing how rebecca would interact with the rest of the characters and yeah from then on it was uh, no pun intended, just I'm just punny by nature. It was smooth sailing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you, Barry? What'd you get out of season six? Well, for me, it's a bit of a trip down memory lane because I, I grew up with the uh, Kirstie Allen, uh, Woody era rather okay. than the, the coach, uh, Diane Long uh, part of things. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like going straight back to my childhood. And, and that's where I kicked off uh, with those series. So um yeah it's great great for me um i i find that that i really like kirsty's character a completely complete change of um scene from uh, diane and i do find she's a bit put upon i feel sorry mm-hmm. for her most of the time yeah. Um, yeah, that was always these. the weird uh dichotomy or weird paradox was shelly long was a good actress on cheers but her character was annoying and it's supposed to be but that's just how effective it was really it's like oh i'm so glad she's going away uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not fair to shelly long but um 
how, how did you grow up watching Cheers or did you grow up watching Cheers? Did you just stumble into it because of the podcast? No, I, I was watching it uh, very young. So uh, sort of mid eighties, I started. Um, my dad was obviously a fan and yeah, I, lo- I loved it. I, at that age, Woody was my favorite probably because I didn't get much else. Um, but yeah, watched. I probably in my time watched every episode because uh, I went back to the start years later. But now I'm I'm watching every so often when uh, I join the podcast. So my specifics on episodes are hazy, but I know the whole sort of series arcs. That's fair. That's fair. So you're watching the watching them in their first run incarnations. It's a good question. Uh, probably because it does get a little with. fuzzy. Then syndication's also a thing. Like I remember, yeah. like new episodes of Cheers would be running, but five days a week, you'd see something just from like two years ago. And, you know, when you're seven, eight, nine, like two years ago is a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> like, oh, it's all shit. What? Uh, I think it was probably first run. It was Christiality years in the UK, because I think there was a five month delay between oh, wow. the US and UK, really? which back then wouldn't have been big. It's roughly the same now for shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which take ages to be shown in the uk uh, oh really are they just not transferring over through the, the random apps or I, I don't know what it is but the latest season of brooklyn 99 only started a couple of weeks ago here in the uk oh, really? and it finished <laughs> finished around christmas in, in the u.s i think okay uh, I've, I've never seen the show so but uh, that's still baffling to me um well, the uk has a history of being sort of second and afterthought when it comes to releases of uh, big American productions. Uh, films were always delayed by a long time, and it was Except frustrating. Except for when you get them before us. Like, I can't tell you how confused I was when I, you know, I'm checking online. I was like, why is the United Kingdom getting Captain America a week before us? This is outrageous. <laughs> yeah, we've started to catch up now. Uh, it must be something to do with the production houses being in the uk or uh, yeah, maybe the vfx a, stuff it's it's a it's a tax thing it's one of the reasons star wars filmed in the uk where if they mm-hmm. uh, filmed enough in the uk using uk studios they could claim it was a british production and therefore get a tax rebate yeah. excellent sneaky <laughs> sneaky <laughs> i picked up the box set on itunes a few years ago and uh, just to prep for this show today you know Turned on a couple of the episodes for, uh, ending at season six, bled into season seven. I, I ended up going like 10 episodes into season seven because just once you start, like it's just, it just picks up right where you leave off with it. Like it's just all comedy. It's the timing is fantastic. The, the topics are still trending, you know, like Cheers could be in to- 1984 or it could still be in 2022. It's, it's pretty interesting how timeless it is. Like, I picked up the Night Court box set over Christmas time. One of my favorite shows growing up, Washington Syndication, tried to watch it in first run when I was old enough to. Um, very many happy memories. Sorry to say, does not hold up. <laughs> like, it's, you, you watch it and it's, it's actually an interesting study on just like, well, NBC really believed in this show, but like they are constantly retooling it as it goes along. And sure enough, they're, Throwing some force majeure where, you know, two of their cast members died back to back. So, you know, you still got those problems, but like it, it took three or four years before it finally found its groove. And then a year and a half later, 
They just got a whole new uh, writing staff. So it's brand new and it's not hitting the same strokes again. You're just like, oh, this is this is a slog to get through. Like seven years mm-hmm. of Night Court somehow took longer to get through than 11 years of Cheers for me in my, my binging. Have you ever seen that, James? I've seen clips. It's one of the shows which is, which is harder to access here in the UK, which is a shame because following, you know, Harry Anderson's roles in Cheers, it was something I was interested in watching a lot of and i know they're i know they're bringing it back mm-hmm. with melissa rouchers as mm-hmm. harry stone's daughter and i think john larroquette's back in it as well uh, john larroquette's um, a part I, of it yeah but i've uh, not watched a full episode just because it's more difficult to access here yeah. i would tell you seasons three through six are the best years um again the first two are very formative then by the time they, they, they catch their stride in season three, we still actually have another a death in the family. But then once Marsha Warfield comes on, like it's, it's a nice tight lock. And those, those three or four years are pretty fantastic. But then seven, eight, nine are just there. I don't know. Something's missing. Some, there's, there's a big component not there. Whereas, you know, Cheers has had also major overhauls. Coach died. Shelly Long left. Rebecca, uh, Christy Alley should not have fit in as easy as she did. And yet that show is never not funny. It's also something so homely and comforting about it that mm-hmm. from the theme tune in to the, the, the bar scene, everything just welcomes you in instantly from even Norm working in and everyone shouting his name. It's, mm. it's like, you know, these people, you know, this, this location, it's your bar as well. Mm-hmm. comfort food for the the television audience yes so nice. you guys are already into season seven i believe you're four episodes in now as of yesterday or wednesday yep our fourth episode mm. of season seven uh dropped yeah. yesterday all right uh, which is so, the one where sam goes to mexico sam goes to mexico and this isn't the first time he he's been on some sort of like bartender exchange program and he, he always has the best time south of the border and you just like ah you know i want to i want to see an international edition of cheers like just sam just hobnobbing it again in, in costa rica or wherever he was supposed to be rebecca shows up in mexico and somehow has a gun with her but yeah we questioned this <laughs> i have no airport security yet, to the- I- I watched it. I even sent you a text about it like earlier this morning. I was like, how many times has Sam had a gun pulled on him, man? And you're like, uh, five now. Like, what? There's a, there's a few. There's a. <laughs> well, is it easier to get a gun to Mexico or from Mexico? You know, this is the 80s, so T- there's no TSA. Security is pretty loose at this time. Yeah. Just well, What's that? Oh, it's just, you know, a lighter. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine. Just send him through. My mom, after college, was one of the few people who were like, you know, I, I think I'm going to leave the nice, boring and quiet life of a farmer in Iowa, and I'm going to go to a war zone in Vietnam and be a radio DJ. <laughs> and, and why she did that, I don't know. But she, she would tell me stories like, yeah, you know, I'd have a revolver in my purse when I'd get on the plane. And, you know, it was different times, son, different times. I'm like, brought a gun on an airplane like even in 1990 i'm just like what are you thinking it's like well i need it for protection you know like i'm a single woman out in vietnam I'm like what are you gonna do like that's an amazing story it is yeah yeah she, she's got a lot of interesting stuff like that but um james what should we look forward to in season seven 
Now that is a good question. We have important news from the cranes, which mm. is exciting. Uh, we, I'll just ask them. I've, I've just thought of that because that's the one I'm editing at the moment. We meet Kelly for the first time in season well, seven. Oh, we do. That's that's yeah. exciting times. It is, uh, as well as I believe this is season seven. I'm just. Uh, we have the return of Bar Wars as well. We do. We have Bar Wars. Two. Bar Wars or... comes very quickly in season seven. Um, it's one of the later. Uh, the first Bar Wars is very late into season six, but it's, it's like episode eight or nine, I want to say, in season yeah. seven. They're like, we got to do this oh, again. It's, it's quite early. And uh, Maggie as well, post girl Maggie. Oh, uh, Cliff, Cliff's, Cliff's Lady. Cliff's romantic man. Yeah. yeah. So, Those Maggie episodes are always few... weird. <laughs> There's um, not, you know, less than a handful, but it's always just like, what's happening here? Mm. She's a peculiar character, uh, and I. <laughs> but what I what I like about it is that she has the same uh, kind of passion for the post office. <laughs> that seems mm-hmm. to be the <laughs> the sole thing that make Cliff and her work as a, work as a couple. Because... But he still somehow fucks it up. It's just, it's it's really pathetic. It's like <laughs> this is the perfect woman for him, you know. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna play hard to get on this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Cliff Clavin. Um, an excellent Cliff Clavin. James, you do a bit of a Cliff Clavin, don't you? Uh, yeah. Well, there's a little known fact that. Uh, yeah. back in... <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. I uh, I left left my Cheers viewing last night when Norm was put in a position where he had to pretend to be gay in order to get this uh, yeah. one client, and it's hilarious for multiple reasons. One, Norm just—I mean, you shouldn't project and you, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. But Norm doesn't look like the gayest man ever. He doesn't look like <laughs> a gay anything. And then when he does have to like. He doesn't even have to soak up my his prize. It's like I I gotta get this money. So if they need me to be gay, I'll be gay. But then he just he never you know plays it over the top. He he doesn't do a funny little accent. He just goes all right. So how you guys doing? I'm Norm. And then he just like drops his hand like that. And that's that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. his, the full extent of his gay role. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, just the, the amount of respect that amount of respect that um george went just went like yeah we, we we can't go over the top with this like norm has to be so unenthusiastic about it. like well maybe i'm not gay i don't know like meh. just dip the hand like that and then those folks just eat it up you know like they can't get enough of it they're like of course this is how look we're, i can't believe the cheers is a gay bar this is fantastic look at all this it's really uh, well done it's done to a t and i think um george went you know you can kind of see his upbringing in second city and other improv things by just having these subtle mannerisms and being like oh yeah i'm gonna get a spritzer instead of a beer and they'll be like well <laughs> then he must be gay <laughs> and again the, the 1980s never, in boston <laughs> it's different time different land but even then they they, they didn't go they, they kept it within the the box of respect at least i think they did like uh, someone, yeah, someone out there on twitter might say differently but uh cheers is always done that quite well hasn't it i mean it existed in a time when it would be very easy to to really push some of these boundaries and be insensitive and actually it's 
it's held its own and been mm-hmm. it still holds up today in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I, I brought it up to james the first time he was on the show like this show covered topics and trends that we're still talking about now we're talking about it more than ever now but you know like in season seven you're gonna come it's a throwaway line but like they sort of explore what is gender identity and you're just like wow you know uh, um earlier in, in the series we deal uh, sam finding out one of his best friends is now a homosexual and how he deals with that you know and uh, again with norm it's like oh yeah uh, that guy sam over there that's my boyfriend you know uh, they they're not afraid to go there but they also are never disrespectful to any of those communities they they, they put their little spin on it they, they play for fun and laugh but yes. no at no point has ever come off insulting at least i don't think it does i could be totally wrong on this and find out there's like just reddit threads like i can't believe norm no. <laughs> what, what i love about the episode where norm goes oh that, that's my boyfriend the husband goes isn't that the red Sox picture mm. <laughs> and not you can tell and i'm just going oh yeah shit he's famous i forgot that <laughs> <laughs> And that could be problematic for Sam, but he also plays it off too for, you know, he's like, where are we going with this norm? Uh, all right, buddy, I guess. One of the funniest things about that whole episode. And again, norm just being so cavalier about everything and just being nonchalant and just very unenthusiastic about this persona he's trying to play is um, I was in the Castro two days ago. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Castro at all? The theater. I- I was at the theater specifically, but it's in a neighborhood called the Castro, which is a very gay neighborhood in San Francisco. It's, you know, like top five gay neighborhoods in the world. Um, Lots of rainbow flags, plenty of dudes just hanging out at the bar uh, because we're still in a post pandemic society. Bars are actually now also on the sidewalk. So everyone's just being nice. Everyone's, you know, just being civil, living life and being good. I'm, um, I'm at the Castro Theater because Michelle Yeoh is being honored uh, at the SF International Film Festival. I thought we were also seeing a movie. It's it's a whole thing. Anyways, I'm standing in line <laughs> very early for this Michelle Yeoh Q&A with uh, Maggie O. And um, all of a sudden, just again, everybody's just having a good time. Beautiful sunny day. And then all of a sudden, just three, maybe four random naked dudes just start walking down the street and the only thing covering them up is just like gold cock sock but like this is the thing to do like it's it's, it's april that's may is in two days all right that, like, that's a statement if it's gold that, that, that was a choice they were gold. Their, just go that's their best sock that's yeah. the best sock exactly yeah that was their that was their wednesday sock well if we had the weather for it might give it a go I would have said it was a little too chilly also, but the sun was out. So, you know, this is clearly not their first rodeo. They've done that (laughs) lap down Castro Street a thousand times if they did it once. But comparing that to what I just saw on TV last night, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. What is wrong with this one couple? There's, There's nothing, nothing homoerotic happening in this bar whatsoever. Like this man is just the most benign life force in the world. Uh, But they're eating it up. Let's see. What else we got here? Oh, shit. The boys skydive. Yeah. That w- the, the main thing we thought about that episode is that, ooh, got a budget increase, didn't, they? didn't you, James Bowes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. They, everything's done on a sound set. Someone skydived, but it definitely wasn't the cast of Cheers. Yeah. That's, yeah. So it was like the video of someone skydiving and promoting Cheers in some way. <laughs> but, yeah. 
yeah. I actually miss the the early episodes where they didn't leave the bar. I, I think mm. it, it, they had to be a bit more creative with the writing and leaving well, it sometimes. That's exclusively season one. We don't leave the bar until episode one, season two. We actually get to see Shelley Long's apartment. Mm. Um, but before that, yeah, that everything happens only in that bar. Maybe, maybe we get the slide of an exterior of like Norm's house, but that's that was the extent of it. Norm's like, you're never gonna believe what happened on Cheers last week, Vera. Oh. <laughs> There you go, man. Folks, the Where Nobody Knows Your Name podcast comes out every Thursday. You can find it on anchor.fm slash WNKYN. They're also on Twitter at WNKYN. Cheers. But the, I listen to the podcast on Spotify. I'm sure it's on a, a bunch of different platforms. Uh, where, where else can we find the podcast, James? Uh, we also uh, put things up on Patreon. We have bonus episodes which will go up there, for example, uh, nice. we, where we talk about Wings, St. Elsewhere, Simpsons, anything which has kind of crossed over or paid homage to uh, to Cheers, as well as an upcoming okay. one in the middle of season seven uh, from a much more recent show. So we'll tease it, tease it with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want, I want to know. Now I have to subscribe to Patreon. So... Patreons on at the moment who get access to our bonus episodes and newsletters and who get their name shouted out in every episode of our podcast as a thank you is $9 per month. And that gets you uh, all of those listed so far, as well as nice. so access to uh, what we've got to say about things as weird as that St. Elsewhere crossover, which, which was <laughs> weird. And I don't think... I don't think it's strange because it's a weird tonal shift. Like St. Elsewhere it's was bizarre. that just hardcore drama at least for the 80s was that hard medical drama and cheers is that funny lighthearted hey everyone knows your yes. name here you know but like you take that lighthearted environment you put it in like the deep dark dank cinematography of saint elster and you're like oh, this is weird and then carla's just scolding these doctors for no reason yeah, like carla's just really angry at, at yeah. and they're go they're going there but like you know i don't know what to do my son he's because of his autism, I, I don't think I'm doing a good job as a father. And Carla comes in and was like, hey, your, beer, your drinks order is shit. Calm down. Do you mind? We've had a long day at St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere? Ugh, <laughs> that fucking place? Oh, kill yourself. Here's, yes. Don't forget the tip. <laughs> She's so mean. <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> Guys, can the can they find you on other Twitter accounts as well? Uh, not on other Twitter, but we are on Instagram, uh, where oh, you get time. a lot of our uh, where we get a lot of uh, our imagery imagery posts as well as you know connecting with uh, people who have worked on on Cheers and yeah, we often plug them and then us vice versa. Mandy Ingber, for example, as mm-hmm. Annie Tortelli, she's a uh, she's oh, cool. quite uh, we contact with her quite often on, on Instagram. So yeah, it's uh, oh, worth checking out. James really does cool. an amazing job on the Instagram. Just the the level of uh, content he puts out, but also the funny uh, using memes all the time. Yeah, awesome job, James. Does. The secret is recycling. <laughs> <laughs> template and change it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, my, my Instagram game is shit. I, and most of my social media game is too, but that's, that's another conversation for another time. Uh, folks, I do a bunch of stuff here. You've, you're already listening to The Microdose, so you know when and where to find that. But 
I do other things too. Uh, the Kick-Ass Movie Podcast just had its season two finale. Me and the director of Pact of Vengeance, Master Len Kabazinski, we talk about his favorite Kung Fu movie ever. And it's David Carradine's Circle of Iron. That's available on the Bosnet.family and all the major platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can also find me on The Waffle Box. It's the best part of Wednesdays. Me and friend of the family, Mike Fish, we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. You can find that on YouTube. You can find that at waffleboxpod.com and also on the bosnet.family. So for Barry Hall, for James Marshall and the Where Nobody Knows Your Name podcast, I've been Kush Hayes. You've been you. From the Bosnet family. I'm just punny by nature.